Welcome to Leadership and Life with Sandy Giroux. When you think about today's great leaders, do you ever wonder what makes them so great? Is it just the titles they hold? Or could it also be how they behave toward their people? They lead effectively, not because they have a job in their life, but because they bring life to the job. By following their examples, you can do the same. Now, here's your host, Sandy Giroux. Well, hello once again. Welcome to Leadership and Life. I'm your host, Sandy Giroux, and it is my pleasure to continue to bring you great information and incredible guests to help you turn your workplace into a wow place. Our guest today is a master at innovation, creativity, and fun, and fostering a culture that supports it all. So he personifies wow place rule number four, which I discussed in greater detail last week, that a wow place is innovative, creative, and fun. But innovation doesn't have to just be done by you. In fact, it rarely ever does come solely from one person because one person can't think of everything or come up with all the ideas that will help move an organization forward. And here's a great quote from Steve Jobs that says it all. Innovation comes from people meeting up in the hallways or calling each other at 1030 at night with a new idea or because they realize something that shoots holes in how we've been thinking about a problem. That really sums it up. But in order to get that kind of innovation going, you have to engage your entire workforce at every level. And that's what our guest today does. Jim Johnson is the founder and president of Biketours.com, and he not only innovates when it comes to his current business so well that people now call him the dream maker because he doesn't just sell or provide bike tours. He makes his clients' travel dreams come true. But he's also reinvented himself and served his associates as well to that level. So, Jim, welcome to the show. I'm so excited to have you here with us today. It's great to be here, Sandy. Thanks. Now, when we were talking, you have so many great ideas and best of all, so many great actions when it comes to doing things new and differently. That's why I really wanted to get you on the show and I can't wait for our our listeners to hear what you have to say. But let's begin with you telling us a little bit about how you came to start your company, Biketours.com. You know, what made you do it and how did you think of that? Well, I'm very lucky in that I had a lot of passions that were able to intersect and actually turn into a job. I had been a freelance travel writer. Uh, I worked as PR director for Fortune 100 financial services company. I love to travel. I've been planning my family travel since uh, I was eight years old, which is dramatically before the internet and with paper (laughs) across the living room floor. Um, So just a number of those things came together. And when I was doing the travel writing, I also speak German fluently. So I was mainly going through Germany, Austria, and Switzerland and doing it by bike because that's the way that you really meet people and experience a destination. And then when my my, uh, job in corporate America came to an end, uh, I had a lot of different directions I could go in, but I thought to myself, and this was at age 50, you know, this is a, a good time to figure out what I want to do for the uh, potentially the remaining years of my work life. What can I do to pull everything together into something that uh, you know, I want to do for the rest of my uh, work years? And pulling all these passions together, it, you know, it, it certainly didn't seem during the first year like this was going to be a massive success, but it's turned <laughs> out that way. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, you know what? Our massive successes often don't start out looking that way, do they? We have to go through no. a lot of bumps on the road. Uh, luckily, yours were some on the bike and some not when you were right. <laughs> starting your company. But um, it sounds like you, you really created a dream company for yourself, looking at what's chapter two or three of my life going to look like so that I not only get to do something for other people, but I get to have fun as well. And I love the fact that you did that for yourself, but it's also interesting how you help your employees achieve their career dreams as well. I mean, what a great leadership example to not think about how can I have fun, but also how can I help my employees enjoy what they're doing, enjoy their extensive time at the office and on the job, and also allowing them to create a lifestyle that they enjoy as well. So one of the questions I wanted to ask you was, you have seven employees now, is that correct? That's correct. 
All right. How did you find the great employees that you have? Because it sounds like they're really dedicated to you. They're engaged. And even though some are moving out of your area, they still want to stay with you. So how did you find them and and how do you engage them and keep them active and, and really enjoying and contributing to the success of the company while they're building a life for themselves? Well, most of the people we found, we found through other people who work here, friends of friends, actually in one case, a sister of uh, one of the uh, uh, one of our staff lead staff members, uh, and you know, people want people to work with them who they, you know who uh, exemplify what what the uh, what the company stands for, and there are also people that they would want to work with and you know who would help the company succeed. So uh, we've been very lucky in having a good core of people who are able to encourage other people to to work here. And we're able to keep them here, I, uh, I like to think, because of uh, of the setting. It's a very collaborative setting. Uh, and we also have, for example, some very specific benefits. Um, example one, fitness benefit. Uh, you know, we pay for them to, you know, to, to work out, to train, work, at, uh, work out at a Y, participate in events. We give them a play days benefit. If it's a really sunny blue sky day, they can say, hey, I'm going to take a play day. And, you know, as long as they balance the, you know, the workflow, they can take the, the day off. And what's, what we do also is if you take somebody on one of your play days with you and, it, and you're doing something that person has never done before, it doesn't count as, as uh, against you as a play day. So you can still take another play day. Uh, so instead of just taking one play day a month, if you take other people with you to, to experience something new, which is what people do during bike tours, um, you know, you get to, you, you get to. Uh, take even more oh my gosh okay so wait that's so cool hold on i need to ask you a little more about that one how in the world did you think of that and think of a play day not counting just because it got someone else uh to try something new is it someone else from the company that you take with you to do that so that you all enjoy something new and maybe uh come up with a new tour or new benefit how did that come about and why'd you think of it and what's the benefit to the company and oh my gosh my head's exploding with questions Uh right now (laughs) Yeah, I'd like to uh, claim complete brilliance uh, and uh, you know, ingenuity on this, but as happens with many of the best things about this company, it was ideas that came ideas that came up during a staff meeting, and you know we were talking about the concept of play days, and it uh, uh, you know it sounded like a good idea, so we tried to implement it, and then at a later later staff meeting, someone said, well. You know, part of what this company is about is working with clients who may be a little bit uneasy going on their first bike tour or their first overseas tour, uh, you know, experiencing something they've never done before. So how about if, as an example, employee, one employee takes another employee, you know, climbing, something the second employee has never done before, but the first employee is passionate about. So we have one employee who's sharing a passion and another employee who is going outside his or her comfort zone and having a sense of what the clients we deal with in many cases are, uh, are, are dealing with. And it just sort of took off from there. It's, it, as you can imagine, it's very, very popular and um, uh, employees love it. And I should mention that there's another um, feature of the company that also I would say our, our staff really likes which is because we have overseas bicycle tours in Europe, uh, everyone on staff gets to go on overseas bicycle tours in Europe for up to three weeks a year, and it doesn't count toward vacation time uh, because it's part of their training. And it's, you know, when they get back here on the phone, they're much more knowledgeable and they are much uh, more passionate about, uh, about bicycle touring. Wow. Okay, so I imagine that you're going to get inundated with employee requests, (laughs) people trying to get hired on by you, um, maybe even including me, and I don't even bike. So, (laughs) Wow, that's fantastic. And because it's part of their training, what a great way to encourage people to, what, find new tours, experience things that the clients are experiencing so is that so that they can bring it back and you can say wow let's find a way around this or to fix this kind of an issue so our customers don't have this kind of thing is is that it or is it to find new tours or what's the big purpose or purposes 
Well, I, I'd say you know the a primary purpose is you know to put put themselves into the positions of a client because you know even if you've been on a number of bicycle tours, if you go to a new destination, a new tour, uh, you know it still can be somewhat daunting, if not in reality, at least in in sort of um, you know one's perception right. of the impending tour. The tours end up, of course, going quite well, and everyone's really happy, but. Uh, you know, you're you're wondering. You have questions like, "What if I get lost? What if, uh, um, what if I have a flat tire? What you know, all these what ifs?" Mm-hmm. That way, when a client asks, "What if?" they have the answer. Wow, that's awesome! So it improves the client experience. It helps bring bring um, re- word of mouth referrals. I am sure in repeat business because people enjoy them so well. Um, and then you also give your employees a really unique and creative benefit that doesn't even count toward their vacation time. So if they want to do that, that's a vacation in itself, but they can also still take a vacation of their own that has nothing to do with bicycle touring or Europe and just that counts as their vacation, correct? Right. And I I should stress that we are very careful not to refer to this as a benefit because this is not something that... um, I mean, obviously, it's something they enjoy, and it's and it's great, but it's not part of our benefits package. It's part of our training program, and that way, when they're overseas, you know, that is where their focus is. It's not just, hey, I'm going to have a good time. Ah. Part, of they, part of what they do when they're overseas is they're also uh, doing social media. They are writing notes and, and taking pictures, so when, when they come back, they give presentations on uh, on their experiences, as well as being able to just do a better job for our clients. So we are very careful to position it as, as, as training, but somehow everyone really enjoys this training. <laughs> I can't imagine why. <laughs> wow. Well, Jim, that that's awesome. And this is the perfect example of how innovative and how creative you are in helping think of new things that will not only provide you with uh, great experiences to be able to share with clients and build your company, but also let your employees have a great time and, and build a lifestyle while they're at it. So how often do you have those, uh, the staff meetings? I don't remember if you said, is that a weekly meeting or a monthly meeting? How often do you have those? Uh, we have uh, uh, two a month, or I should say every other week. And, you know, if there's more that we need to talk about, we'll, we'll, have, a, we'll have a weekly meeting. And if there's nothing really to talk about, uh, you know, we may call one off, but we try to keep them fairly regular because even if I don't have anything to say, and even if no one on the staff in advance has something to say, you just never know when, you know, someone's going to want to share something with, with somebody with somebody else. So there's almost always something to talk about, and we like to give them that forum to do so. Wow, that's awesome. And I love the fact that you're giving them a forum. I hear, I work with people a lot, and I hear so many times that a a high-level leader or any kind of leader will hire someone who has some expertise in an area where they don't. And then what they do is they micromanage them to death and try to tell them how to do their job and what they should do. And rather than sitting back and saying, hey, if I surround myself with good people, I need to give them a little bit of free reign and not micromanage them to death. I heard of an instance just recently where someone hired someone else in an HR function and then didn't let them do their job. And they eventually, after just a few months, lost their new HR director. And that person had so much to offer. But because of the micromanaging, they lost them. In fact, I'm reminded of another Steve Jobs quote, in fact, he had some really great quotes that says, it doesn't make sense to hire smart people and then tell them what to do. We hire smart people so they can tell us what to do. And it sounds like you really follow that philosophy. Yeah, I definitely definitely try to. There's sort of two two basic elements of of that philosophy that come to mind. One is uh, my approach is management by exception. I don't need to know everything that's going on, but if I need to know something, I expect to be, uh, you know, to to be told. You know, if there's an issue, an opportunity, whatever. Otherwise, you know, I'm not going to be butting into everything. And we also say that, you know, we're we're not looking for perfection. We're looking for pursuit of excellence. And as long as you are trying your very best to be excellent and do the very best you can, I can't be critical of that. And and, and perfection is truly not not achievable 
<laughs> yeah, as we find out so often every day in our own lives. And I love that because that is really a key with getting people to engage and getting them to offer their ideas is knowing that if they do that, how in the world am I going to handle it if I make a mistake? I mean, am I going to lose my job? Will I pay the ultimate price? And that stops so many people from even contributing ideas, let alone putting them into action. So real quickly, do you have a formula or some kind of a, a guideline? How do you give your people guidelines on how far they can go with an idea? Or how do you have them present their ideas so that you can act on them? Well, we, uh, the people who have the direct client contact are they're called tour advisors, and we have a, a fantastic person who is in charge of the tour advisors, and she is in ongoing contact with them. So they are constantly uh, sharing ideas, some of which are shared with me, and others of which are not. Uh, so it's you know, uh, Brittany, who's our, our client services manager, is up up there all the time, just available to our um, uh, tour advisors, and it's constant flow of information. So it's it's constant col- uh, collaboration, wow. uh, which is a good feeling. Yeah, that's great. And good to know that she feels she has the autonomy to do what she needs to do. And uh, how long has she been with you? How long did it take before you were comfortable with her being able to handle all of that and not you having to be necessarily involved? Did, has she been with you for a while? Uh, she's been with us for about, uh, I, I believe, about uh, four years and in this position uh, for a little over two years. Uh, and, yeah, you know, as, as someone who started this company and I didn't have employees until about 10 years into the company, we're now at 15, uh, you know, it was a bit of a, a, a bit of a, a stretch for me, but good people make that easy. You're absolutely right. Well, Jim, we're going to take a quick break to hear from some of our sponsors and our fellow broadcasters on Voice America. But when we return, we will continue our interview with Jim and some of the most creative things that Jim has put into place to continue his success well into the future, including some of the great work that he's done in the community. And also, I'd like to hear more about some of the unique benefits that you've provided for your employees. So, Stay tuned, folks. We'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Do you sometimes find it challenging to inspire your team members to engage and contribute to your organization's success? Do your team members have trouble communicating across and even within generations? Leadership and Life is dedicated to helping you turn your workplace into a wow place by implementing everyday actions that inspire your teams to reach higher. Sandy Giroux, founder and CEO of Wow Place International, has over 30 years of leadership experience and offers deep insights to help leaders and team members build a bridge to understanding and improving the workplace experience. Her insights for leaders help them uncover blind spots and identify what they may be doing to inhibit employee engagement. Her insights for team members inspire them to seek new perspectives, understand others' viewpoints, and find ways to go the extra mile to create wow experiences. Sandy has helped over 25,000 attendees in 125 companies Activate a culture of wow. For more information, visit thewowplace.com. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus, topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. The business community's first choice in Internet Talk Radio, Voice America Business Network. This is Leadership and Life. To reach Sandy Giroux or her guest today, please call 1 866 472 5790. That's 1 866 472 5790. You may also send an email to sandy at thewowplace.com. 
Now, back to Leadership and Life. Welcome back, everyone, to our interview with Jim Johnson, the founder and president of BikeTours.com. And Jim, that is the website. If anyone, by the way, is interested in maybe getting a job with Jim, I don't know if he has any openings now, but it'll always be great for him to have too many to choose from rather than too few. Uh, But can you tell us the website, Jim, and where they should go not only for that, but for bike tours in Europe? Yeah, it's um, it's really nice to have a, a brand that is identical to the to the website, uh, which was uh, not just a coincidence, as as you might imagine. Mm-hmm. Um, and you just go. Uh, our company name is BikeTours.com, and that's our website as well, BikeTours.com. Perfect, and you can see all of the trips that Jim has to offer. I've taken a peek in there, and oh man, I want to go to every place except Jim. I think I might have to be on a bicycle built for two, so someone else can help me pedal. <laughs> Well, you know, we have tandem bikes, and we also have electric assist bikes, and we oh. also have, and we have bike and boat tours. Where if you don't feel like bicycling, you just you know stay on the boat and watch the world go by from the deck. Oh my goodness! All right, well, I might have to check that out then. Thank you so much. And I know you have a careers page on there um, that does mention that you're not hiring at this time, but like I said. Better to have the opposite problem of what most people have now in this tough, tough market for employers where it's very hard to find good people and then keep them. Jim seems to have no problem doing either one. And we're starting to see why. So go to biketours.com if you'd like to plan your next trip or you'd like to talk to Jim about maybe helping him out at his company. Now, one of the things we were talking about when we went to break, Jim, was some of the innovative benefits that you have for your employees. And there was one that you mentioned to me during our conversation before the interview, and it was what I used to call a profit-sharing plan. Can you talk a little bit about that, what you call it now as well, and why you don't call it a profit-sharing plan anymore? Well, absolutely. Um you know, we actually it took us a while before we were actually making enough of a profit that we could share it. And uh, when we got to that point, uh, you know, we developed a formula based on a, a number of different indicators and told everyone that you know if we achieve this, you're going to get that. And what was interesting is, on the one hand, there was certainly motivation to work together as a team and to do better and so on. But I also found that people were looking at, well, if we spend money on this for marketing, well, that's going to that's gonna come out of our profit sharing. And even if, hey, if we have a, a staff lunch, that's going to come out of our profit sharing. So it was, uh, people were taking sort of a short-term view as opposed to a long-term view. And even things like, you know, for being able to plan based on taxation issues, you know, accelerating expenses, postponing expenses. Uh, what happened was people were, uh, again, sort of looking at the immediate impact on the end of year profit sharing. So what we did was we sat down and had a long discussion with folks and said, yeah, I think this is going to benefit you more if we don't view it as profit sharing, but rather at the end of the year, based on a number of different factors, uh, we just call it you know, a bonus program, which looks at certainly the company profitability, but looks at other things such as you know what what does the coming year look like? Uh, you know if it's going to be especially good, then yeah you know, we can give a little bit more. If it looks like trends are down, then maybe we need to hold back a little bit. And you know just to give you an example. Uh, 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 at the end of last year into this year, uh, on average, uh, folks got a 10% bonus and 10% raise. Wow. Wow, that's pretty generous. I mean, a lot of companies are sitting here at 1%, 2 3 is a huge raise in a lot of companies. Uh, so you're doing well enough to be able to give not only a 10% bonus, but a 10% raise? Yeah, and I would say, um, yeah, we're doing well enough, but... You know, if you if you were to look at, you know, as an example, how much I'm taking out of the company, mm-hmm. I, I, um, I mean, a lot of people would say you really should be giving more like five percent raise and five percent um, <laughs> uh, bonus. But um, I mean, it's a cliche, but we really, I really feel that this is 
these folks are my family, and you know, I want to share. I, you know, I mean, sure, I started the business 15 years ago, and I have a, a 10-year head start on, on all of them and, and more than that on others. So, yeah, as an owner, I should be taking uh, proportionally more money out. But they're really working hard, and I want to share it with them. Wow. Well, that you know what? That's the kind of thing that is in all the news lately. You know, how uh, much of a gap there is between the CEO and the lowest level employees pays. And I'm sorry, I also agree that these people who are saying the CEO shouldn't make a lot more than the lowest level employees, okay, you go home at night and you worry about 10 employees or 1,000 or 20,000 employees and then work 24-7 and do all the things that these CEOs need to do and then tell them that they should get the same amount of pay as somebody who can go home and boom, turn off the switch at 5 o'clock, they're done for the night, they're done for the weekend, they're done every holiday. So I don't believe all of this nonsense that we're hearing about how CEOs shouldn't get paid more. Now, the gap and the fact that CEOs are getting these golden parachutes to leave even when the company is doing badly, that, I believe, should be curbed curbed back. But it's really refreshing to hear from someone like you who is has invested your blood, sweat, and tears in this company and isn't trying to gouge the company for everything that it's got. We even see some owners and founders doing that. So it's nice to see that. But we also see a lot of those other companies who are doing that, okay, so they may not give the raises or they may not give the telling you or people are telling you 5% should be what you're giving. Well, guess what? When you're giving 10% and 10% like you're giving in the bonus and the raise, you're saving 40 and 50 and up to 400% on the revolving door that is happening in many other companies as well. So where you're giving it to your people to keep them there, you're saving it on the other end, I'm sure, in retention costs and or lack of retention costs. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. And it takes a long time. You can't just walk through the door and, you know, be a good tour advisor and know about all our tours and all our destinations and be able to have the, uh, you know, the knowledge and instinct to talk to clients. You know, we're, you know, we're in the business of helping our clients travel dreams come true. You can't just walk through the door and be able to do that. So, um, you know, to have someone work here for six months or a year or a year and a half even and then leave it's a huge drain on the company and then you know have to start over so you know, it's both you know to you know for retention purposes but i also feel it's the right thing to do right and i love the concept that you've got of family you a lot of companies can say that it's family and they want to treat them like family but then they don't you really do and to the extent that you'll take a little bit less so that they can have a little bit more and then you all succeed so i really love hearing that um and, you know, that sounds like a really big commitment on your part to do that. And when you're doing things like that, one of the other benefits that you have is the flexible time or the flexibility to be able to work inside and outside the office that you mentioned. Mm-hmm. Can you mm-hmm. talk a little bit about that benefit? Yeah, yeah. and it's um, uh, basically we allow everyone to work remotely uh, three days out of the week. And uh, everyone uh, is in the office on Wednesdays. And they can pick either Tuesday or Thursday for their second day. And Mondays and Fridays, no one's in the office. When I say no one, I mean other than me, because so, uh, <laughs> I come in. Uh, and one employee, uh, Brittany, who is in charge of her tour advisors, she actually works remotely five days a week because she lives several hundred miles away. Uh, she moved. Uh, uh, you know, her partner is going to medical school. And it really made a lot more sense for us to keep a talented person than you know, who's working remotely than to find somebody and hire somebody to work in the office. And that's worked out amazingly well. And we also have an employee who actually next week uh, is uh, moving up north. We're based in Chattanooga, Tennessee, and he's moving up to uh, New Jersey with his wife. And same thing. Uh, you know, we didn't even think twice about whether we should allow him uh, to work remotely five days a week. And um, so it's, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a little bit of the uh, uh, enough old school that I love seeing everyone around the table <laughs> and, and, you know, and having that kind of situation and to keep the company culture. Uh, but there are some really great uh, conferencing systems where, uh, 
I, I look at it as a cross between, uh, you know, the, the intro to the Brady Bunch or the Hollywood Squares. <laughs> you just see everyone, everyone in, a, in a little box there. And, uh, you know, it's, it, it, I have to admit, it's taking me a while to get used to. But again, it's, it's, it's at least in a business like this, it's all about travel and being remote. Um, it's, you know, it's the, it's the way to do it. It's correct. Wow, that's awesome. And and great that you have the flexibility and the innovation enough to be able to say, it took me a little while to get used to that. Imagine many CEOs that you know who would say, it took me a little while, and they would do it anyway and be uncomfortable themselves in order to allow their employees to be able to stay with them, even when traditionally, that would be a reason for people to leave. I'm moving several hundred miles away. I just can't work for you anymore. But you said, no, wait a minute. Let's find a way to make this work. So that flexibility, I think, is a key trait in a great leader. And, and you're demonstrating that very well. Thank you. You're welcome. I know, And I love that person-to-person kind of thing, too. So how do you keep the company culture intact when you do have virtual employees and I know some companies might even have the possibility for even more how do you keep that going so that you're all on the same page with your values and you know mm-hmm. your your core values and beliefs yeah absolutely uh, you know, one of uh, we say that we have uh, you know, a commitment to employees and we do it in six ways uh, some of the key ways are balance, for example, where we, which is about maintaining a productive and positive environment by making balance in employee lives a priority, especially respecting the value of recreation, free time for health and fitness, and time with and for our families. And I repeatedly say to people, you know, family comes first, health comes first. This is just your job. And if you are putting your job before your family or before your health, uh, yeah, we need to talk. Wow. Um, you know, we also talk about, and we, and we talked about this a, a few minutes ago, about empowerment and independence. So we want, want to provide a safe environment where employees have the information and the authority they need to make their own decisions. And our position as a company and, and mine as the owner is to support employee decisions and actions. Um, and, you know, we've had cases where employees either made decisions or mistakes that have cost the company thousands of dollars. And, uh, you know, it really doesn't any, do any good to yell at an employee for making a mistake or having wrong judgment. Um, and you know, we view it as, as a learning experience. And, yeah, sometimes it, it hurts uh, <laughs> to, to lose money. But I'd rather have a setting where people feel that, you know, they have the authority uh, maybe to even go a little bit beyond their, their comfort zone in some of the decisions they make, uh, but that, you know, management is always going to back them up um, with what they are, with the decisions that, that they've made. And, um, you know, plus, we also make it very easy if, if they're not sure, there's folks here that they can ask. You know, collab- internal collaboration is very important as well. Wow, that's awesome. Uh, I mean, I, I just, you don't hear of those kind of things very often. So many people, like I mentioned before, are just afraid to say anything or try anything new. I, I call it the conundrum of, are we asking our pl- employees to do this, but are we creating a situation where they're actually trying to succeed, or are we simply in a situation where they're simply trying not to fail? Because if they're in trying not to fail mode, well, forget it. They won't try a good idea because they're afraid of failing. But if they're in the trying to succeed mode, they'll try it anyway. And knowing that you'll back them up gives them the freedom to do that. Awesome. What other, uh, can you share a couple more of your principles? I love the balance and empowerment Mm -hmm. and independence. What else? Uh, Fulfillment is one. Uh, Provide an environment for emotional and intellectual fulfillment as well as financial reward. You know, if we were just to give bonuses and raises, um, you know, that to me wouldn't be enough. It's more important that when, you know, people go home at the end of the day, at the end of the week, they feel emotionally and intellectually uh, fulfilled. So there's been a, you know, a challenge uh, and 
you know, they've been able to achieve it. They, and it may, may be, you know, sort of the emotional fulfillment. I'll tell you, the number of times that clients come back from a trip and say, okay, this is the trip that we, you know, have dreamed about, uh, or our favorite is when families come back and say, okay, this is the trip that our family is going to be talking about 20 years from now. And when you're the, the person on staff who is the point person working with them to make that trip happen, uh, you can't imagine any reward that is, is greater than that. I mean, sure, money is helpful, but, <laughs> but, but to hear that you know, a family came back and this is what they're going to be talking about in 20 years, that is, is just, uh, you know, it's priceless. Right. Wow, that's great. And can you imagine how even much more priceless it is if that trip actually came from an idea that that employee or another employee envisioned and tried out and and brought back so that other people could have that too. So they're they're able to help create those even from the ground level up. Yeah, yeah absolutely. We have one one employee in particular who last year went to Croatia uh, and did some touring there. And he came back and you know, not surprisingly, a lot of the tours he's selling is you know are to Croatia because <laughs> of the enthusiasm that that he conveys on on the phone to clients, but also that he's able to get into the real nitty gritty and talk from personal experience and maybe sort of you know have a program that has some nuances that really meet that client's needs. And then when that client comes back and says, "Hey, you know thanks, Matt, you really." pull this one together for us and you know and we're grateful yeah yeah how does it get better than that (laughs) it doesn't and in fact when i want to plan a tour i would love to have someone on the phone like that who is not only able to tell me about what the tour is that's coming up but then be able to add those little nuances because they've been there and done that themselves again priceless times 10 um, now, you have also, in addition to these, I have another client who also has instituted service commitments to each of their stakeholders. It happens to be a, a fast food client, and they have service commitments to their franchisees, they have service commitments to their employees, and then they have service commitments to their guests and everyone has to follow those service commitments so when we come back we'll be taking a short break again real quickly when we come back i'd like you to just talk a little bit about the core values and the beliefs that that helped you bring those principles into action and then i'd like you to talk a little bit about your community service activities because that's doing great things for your community and your company we'll be back shortly again with jim johnson from biketoursdirect.com Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Do you sometimes find it challenging to inspire your team members to engage and contribute to your organization's success? Do your team members have trouble communicating across and even within generations? Leadership and Life is dedicated to helping you turn your workplace into a wow place by implementing everyday actions that inspire your teams to reach higher. Sandy Giroux, founder and CEO of Wow Place International, has over 30 years of leadership experience and offers deep insights to help leaders and team members build a bridge to understanding and improving the workplace experience. Her insights for leaders help them uncover blind spots and identify what they may be doing to inhibit employee engagement. Her insights for team members inspire them to seek new perspectives, understand others' viewpoints, and find ways to go the extra mile to create wow experiences. Sandy has helped over 25,000 attendees in 125 companies activate a culture of wow. For more information, visit thewowplace.com. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. This 
This is Leadership and Life. To reach Sandy Giroux or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to sandy at thewowplace.com. Now, back to Leadership and Life. Well, welcome back again to the final segment of Leadership and Life for our interview today with Jim Johnson of Biketours.com. Before the break, we were talking a little bit about the commitments, the six basic principles you have for your employees. You covered three of them, which were balance, empowerment and independence, and emotional, intellectual, and financial fulfillment. But can you just kind of go over the other three, and are they in a, a handbook? Where are they? How do people know what they are? Are they kind of just, well, we do it if we can? Uh, no, they're in a handbook, which is a, a living living document that uh, evolves. And one of the ways it evolves is uh, employees will give some input and say, you know, hey, why don't we make this change as opposed to, uh, you know, a top-down change happens more frequently, you know, from, from the bottom up. Uh, some of the other principles that we have are, are loyalty that uh, the company shows toward each individual and each of us shows toward uh, each other. Uh, and that's tied in with, with respect. Um, uh, exploration. Uh, you know, we offer opportunities for everyone in the company to to explore and experience some adventure. And you know, the way that we look at it is so they can sustain a sense of wonder and in delight in the work that we do. Uh, dignity is paramount. Um, you know, we need to show respect. We need to be fair and approachable. You know, th- those are the, those are the the key ones uh, wow. for um, you know for our. Uh, employees and and we kick off that section in our handbook with the sentence we say we take pride in you and in your contributions to the success of our company and that sort of sets the stage for uh, for all of our our, our uh, um, commitments to our client uh, pardon me, to our employees. Wow, excellent! And you know those those commitments really have far-reaching consequences. Like we were talking before, it not only helps them create a better experience for your clients, but then that helps you sustain the company, which a lot of companies, I think, are just missing the boat on. Another thing that I think companies miss the boat on quite a bit, or they're not sure exactly how to get involved, is community service. Mm -hmm. So much now we hear about how People who do business with companies want to do business with companies who are good neighbors, who are helping their communities. And you have done some incredible work in your community. So can you talk a little bit about that and the impact it's had on you personally and your fulfillment, but also has it had a positive impact, even though it's had a financial impact on your company? Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I left out a, a uh, one of the important benefits that we offer for employees, which is a community service days benefit where every employee uh, receives three days per year for community service or charitable activities. And uh, I love it. <laughs> they, often they go beyond that, and, and that's not an area where we're saying, I'm sorry, you've done your three days of goodness. Uh, that's it. For- <laughs> that's it for the month. You're yeah. done. <laughs> yeah. So we, we, we definitely encourage people to, to go beyond that. Uh, you know, as far as my, my own community work is concerned, uh, I'm also on the uh, board of directors of the Tennessee uh, Bike Walk Tennessee. Uh, I've been committed to bicycle tourism. Uh, I've been committed to, uh, I'm passionate about greenways and trails. So there is a, uh, a eight mile trail system in Chattanooga that was transformed into a, um, a city park. And I spent almost two years to, to help build the trails and used a, um, a sizable donation uh, to make that park happen. Uh, I also am working on a, um, a greenway that would potentially create a 53-mile loop from Chattanooga down into northwest Georgia, uh, going by uh, Civil War battlefields and a lot of other scenic places by, you know, along the Tennessee River, come back. Uh, and there's a number of projects like that that we feel would uh, transform our city and also create uh, some real economic, positive economic drivers. And actually just about two months ago, I created a a new organization called Chattanoogans for Responsible Development because a lot of developers were really um, 
basically cutting down a lot of trees, uh, building on steep slopes, and not paying attention to uh, you know the standards of, of of the community and sort of the uh, really not thinking about the people who've lived there for ten years, twenty years, thirty years. Um, right. So uh, that's what keeps me busy. Um, you know the you know the other hundred hours of the week. <laughs> yeah, like you didn't have anything to fill those 100 hours. So uh, let's just add some more into it. Well, I love that. And you know what I really love is the fact that you found something that you can do to help the community, but it ties so perfectly into it's intertwined with your company. You're all about touring. You're all about making the places beautiful and about getting people to be able to explore them and find them through bike tours, walking tours, and all kinds of things. So I love the fact that you're working on a trail system because that's what your company is basically all about, exploring the outdoors and nature. So you've found a way to do that, help your company. And I'm sure, I mean, people are, must be noticing that. I'm sure it's helping your company in the community as well. Is that a, a fair statement? Yeah, it's, it's helping certainly within the community. Um, and by community, I mean not just here in Chattanooga, but we're active, for example, with Adventure Cycling Association, which is a national organization. We're a major sponsor. Uh, we're involved with Rails to Trails Conservancy. We're involved with a lot of national organizations, and, and, and people know about that as well because a lot of our clients are also active in those organizations. Of course, that's not why we do it, but right. certainly you know, a, a nice, a nice uh, uh, side benefit as, uh, as well. Yeah, that's perfect. And you're right. You don't do this kind of thing because you want the exposure or the PR, but you get the exposure and the PR because people can see that you're doing it from your heart and you're doing it because it makes sense for you and you want to explore and share your passion for those things. So I always say the same thing. If you're going to do something for somebody else, you have to do it for the right reasons. But when you do, they notice. And when you do it for the wrong reasons, they see that too, and it really backfires. So, you know, you're, you're doing it the right way and getting that correct exposure because, that well, that's karma. <laughs> I think it's so true that what goes around comes around. And, you know, if you put out the good things out there, the good things are going to come back to you as well. Yeah, and, you know, and it's also not just external, you know, internal, uh, you know, as part of the staff meetings, I give fairly frequent updates on what I'm doing for the community because it's the company that, you know, and their work that is basically enabling me to do it, allowing mm-hmm. me to do it. So, um, you know, plus they see me disappear a lot to go to meetings in City Hall or wherever. <laughs> and, you know, so I tell them, okay, you know, here's here are some of the projects that I'm working on. Here are some of the successes we had this month. And um, and it's not just about trails and greenways and so on uh, or travel. You know, I view it more broadly as quality of life. And it, what we do helps, um, you know, an individual's quality of life, whether it's in their hometown or while traveling. But, you know, it's fantastic to be able to do that. Wow, that's awesome. And there's another component, folks, that – Jim is bringing up that is so often missed. When people make suggestions or the leaders are doing something, they very often forget to come back and report back to the people who are actually enabling it to be made possible. So when you have a project going on, how many people want to go to yet another useless meeting? But if you make it so that every meeting has purpose, has an agenda, is productive, and the way they know it's productive is that you come back and report out the results from what's happening there, it makes people want to contribute all that much more. I mean, Jim just touched on that, and he brings it back to his people, even though he doesn't have to. You know, he doesn't have to do that. They can just assume or he can just hope they're assuming that he's doing good things. No, he feels an obligation to let them know of the impact they're helping to make on everyone around them. And and that is huge, too. So many times people forget about that. And then what happens is people think nothing's happening because they don't hear about it. And then they say, well, why bother? What am I doing this for? It doesn't mean anything anyway. So I love the fact that you're bringing that around, too. Now... One thing I always do toward the end of my show is talk about something that connects us all as human beings. I don't care what level of an organization you're at, and that is food. (laughs) So I mentioned to you I was looking for a recipe, and you told me you didn't have a recipe, but you do have a great dish from one of your trips you'd like to share. So can you quickly share that with us so that maybe our listeners can go and investigate a recipe for it and enjoy it too? 
Yeah, it's it's uh, absolutely, and this was something I experienced during a bicycle tour. Uh, even though we're only in Europe uh, now, we were worldwide at one point, uh, mm-hmm. and this was an experience I had on the island of Chiloé, off the coast of Chile, and it's a dish called Coranto, C-U-R-A-N-T-O, and it's a dish that has about 6,000 years of tradition. And Is that know, all? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, though the, most of the ingredients are more recent than that, um, <laughs> and it's a it's a communal experience, and the experience that I had is fairly typical. Uh, uh, our bike group ended up uh, at a farmhouse, and uh, there were people, other farmers, fishermen, shell fishermen, um, and other folks, each of whom came with shellfish, uh, salmon, fresh from the sea. potatoes, um, people coming with uh, chorizo sausage that they had made, uh, pork sparibs, lamb, um, uh, just all these different different wonderful foods. And in the meantime, the farmer uh, had this uh, pit that uh, is fairly permanent there. Uh, They build a fire and layer after layer of these different foods get placed in it with... um, uh, with uh, special uh, leaves that give us a certain um, uh, flavor to it. Wow. Then cover it with canvas, and then everyone sits around a big table, and as the food gets ready, uh, the canvas comes off, and just platter after platter comes out to the table. Wow. And, that and, sounds Awesome. Oh, Jim, we're running out of time right now. And oh, my gosh, you've got my mouth watering. I want to go to Chile. I want to have Curanto. I want to have not only the food, but the experience. Now, folks, if you want to check into that, or you maybe even be able to uh, book a bike tour from biketours.com from Jim my recipe for lentil soup with sausage is on the show page under the show link so you can enjoy that so you do get a recipe and a great suggestion this week I want to thank Jim from biketours.com for coming on the show and showing us how innovative and creative a CEO can actually become when he wants to and he wants to create an experience so thank you Jim you've done wonders for our audience today Oh, you're very welcome, Sandy. It's, it's been my pleasure, and thanks so much for having me. Oh, my pleasure, too. Now, next week, we'll be discussing my final wow place rule, which is a wow place is rewarding. We touched on a few of the inner innovative rewards that Jim offers his employees today, and next week, we'll talk about even more ways to show your associates that you trust, respect, and value them. I'm Sandy Jerome. Please join us next week for another great episode of Leadership and Life. Thank you for joining Sandy Giroux for Leadership and Life. Be sure to tune in again next Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We hope to see you again next week.